right, we have plenty to talk about today. Wow, week. Uh, welcome to the Chopping Block Podcast. My name is Ty St. Boogie. I am, I am a retired um, rap journalist. You're not retired. Am I retired? Semi retired uh, rap documentarian. Not retired at all. Um, you know, and I am accepting. Um, I'm accepting holiday donations of old iPhones or you know funds to purchase the phone because I'm just not going to buy a six hundred dollars phone just to get on Clubhouse. But you know, there it is. We we got to figure this out. We're, we're going to talk. I think this. I think I think my famous friend, my my fam- my rich famous friend. I won't drop his name today, but I think my rich famous friend said he was going to look and see. If he had one, he probably got um, some in his old in his you know in his drawer somewhere. It's fine. That's fine. I really only need it for one app. I asked Rook from Justice League, and he was like, "I'm cheap. I always send mine back." So he is cheap. <laughs> I would have never known, but you know, I I see it when he said it. It didn't seem not on brand. It seemed pretty accurate. Like I didn't feel like he was lying to me. Shouts to Rook. Um, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead. We didn't let you introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Scissor uh, from Philly. Today I'm Sizzy215, you know. And uh, welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Um, this is Kiko, for those of you who are watching with us. Hey Kiko. She's very annoyed because I haven't given her enough attention today. She can't go outside because it's raining. Yeah, she's but upset about the rain. Mm-hmm. She'd be fine. Um, all right, so somebody asked the question on the internet, and I must say it was quite an astute observation. What pisses people off more every year, the Grammy nominations or the XXL freshman cover? I'm going to say the Grammy nominations just because it pisses off more folks in a wide variety of genres and ages. Like, that shit makes everybody mad. And this year, the Grammys really- Literally everybody, everybody mad. They ruined every category. I mean, they ruined the Christian contemporary category. I'm just I'm like- I'm mean, that shit? Yes. Oh, wow. Okay, so look, I, um, I've i been kind of, I'm, I'm preparing myself from a full withdrawal from social media probably for the rest of the year. I know it's only like, 45 days left in the year um so I have been like not really tapped in and you know I saw the rap album category I didn't really do a deep dive into the rest of it until today um so let's uh where should we start should we start with rap no, no let's start let's start with the superlative so Beyonce has the most nominations of any artist this year um, she's got two record of the year nominations, both for Black Parade and as, you know, her assist on Megan Thee Stallion's Savage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Parade has a ton of nominations. Um, Taylor Swift, I think, has officially become like the most nominated female songwriter of all times or something like that. Um, Actually, Jay-Z just tied for the most Grammy noms, too. Really? Yep. What's Jay nominated for? Oh, because it's Jay Wachaka project yep all right so just running through this real quick because i want to not necessarily play devil's advocate but i just want to say like uh so the weekend was mad because the weekend did not get nominated. most people are upset about the r&b category that seems to be the general one that everybody's mad about right so yes the r&b category and the progressive r&b category question mark question mark shout to hayden i had to steal that one 
I mean, I'm with him on that because I was just like, oh, okay. Because, okay, so again, as somebody who wasn't really paying attention, but was kind of paying attention, what I saw was head scratches at the rap category, but, you know, old niggas was happy. Um, And we were, and even the people who were happy were still looking at it like, this just seems odd. Like, this seems very bizarro. Uh, and it's because the rap, the best, the rap album of the year, is that what it is? Yeah. Hold on, I'm, I'm scrolling down to it. Yeah, it's it's uh be- so yeah, it's uh best rap album. Best rap album. The nominees for best rap album are Royce the Five Nine for the allegory, Jay Electronica for a written testimony, Freddie Gibbs and the Alchemist for Alfredo, Nas for King's Disease, and D Smoke for Black Habits. What I found that a lot of people agreed on is that. D Smokes wins just by being nominated here with these guys, but we don't really know how you got here. We love you. We don't really know how you got here. Right. Um, if Nas wins for King's Disease, it'll be the equivalent of Denzel getting a uh, an Oscar for Training Day. Like, you're not really getting an award for this body of work. You're getting an award for your body of work in general. Um, and then three, I think the only one that everybody agrees, everybody across the board agrees it should have been here is probably Alfredo. Yes, that is the only one that absolutely should have been there. Because I feel the same way about the allegory as what people are saying about King's Disease. Like, it, honestly, uh, The Book of Voice is a better album than Al- Allegory to me. Way better album. And that's not just... Y'all know I rock with Royce. Like, that's my former client. I fuck with Royce, but... Right. And I think a lot of the conversation is also, like, when you say that, people don't understand what you mean. And, you know, the Allegory is a good body of work. It's Royce with great raps and great storytelling, but the records, just the album as a whole, is not his best body of work. Um, it's just, I don't know. It just didn't... It didn't make sense to me, but I see what they're trying to do and it fits in the context of these albums. I just feel like this entire thing is performative. And see, what's disappointing about that is that they could have, with just a little more intentionality, they could have done this, but made it make sense because there were really in, I mean, you know, again, the very first episode of the show, you guys, and if, you know, I guess now would be a really good time to kind of go back and look at it um, a little bit. But the very first episode of the show was me and Sis really trying to condense all of the albums that came out in 2019 into a two hour long podcast episode. Mm-hmm. And we couldn't do it. 2020 is going to be even harder to do that with. There's so much good shit that came out, regardless of what type of rap music that you're into. So much. Like the kids got a bunch of great shit. Uzi gave him two albums. Pop Smoke came through. Lil Baby came through. Like a lot of good shit dropped for the younger generation. The old heads got a bunch of shit. Um, Mainstream got a bunch of dope shit. Like there was really enough music that if they were going to nominate five albums, they legit could have picked five from five different categories and made everybody happy. Jay Electronica does not belong here. At all. At all. I'm sorry. He doesn't. And, I, you know, once again, old niggas are happy. But why would you be happy when somebody gave you something just to appease you? And that's what I feel like this list is. It's an appeasement list. Little Baby should be on this list. Yes. Absolutely. Roddy Rich should be on this list. You can't have albums and moments as big as those kids have 
and you leave them out of this. I just feel yeah. like it's completely unfair. Um, and I feel like even as a 40 year old man who loves the type of music that's represented on this list, I still call bullshit. So I then my to- question in regards to this would be this. Is it time since they decided this year that there's R&B and then there's, what was it called? Progressive? Progressive R&B. Is it time to split up the best rap category? Have we finally gotten to a point now with hip hop where hip hop is big enough that they need to split it up? Or do they just need better, um, better, a better way to quantify this out these albums? Because I think they did okay with the other rap categories, right? So like best rap yeah, song. Yeah, no, no, absolutely. And I think that the other categories answer the question. The other categories answer the question perfectly. And they tell you that absolutely rap has more than one way to quantify it. And just like with other genres and just like what they're trying to do at R&B, which they fumble terribly, but you could, if you're going to say best melodic rap song, then you could have that as a category of album, or you could have, you know, uh, uh, make up some kind of name for old nigga rap, you know what I'm saying? Or whatever <laughs> old it is. Nigga rap. But, but, you know, the, the, the Academy has to get to a point where they, they know, but you have to recognize that publicly and say, okay, maybe, we're not going to call it progressive, but you know, you, you maybe there's an adult something. contemporary rap category finally, right? Exactly, like that's cool. Which I've been, I've been talking about. Listen, I've been talking about adult contemporary rap for like 15 years, I think we've been ready for that for a while. Um, so just to give you guys for if you haven't seen the list or if you haven't heard anybody talk about the rest of these nominees, so the best rap song is, um, the nominees are Bigger Picture by Lil Baby, The Box by Roddy Ridge, Laugh Now, Cry Later by. Drake, which is so weird to me to have the box and laugh now cry later be in a competition in the same year like that doesn't seem right but then again i have no sense of time i feel like laugh now cry later came out two weeks ago it probably was three months ago yeah i mean <laughs> and wait this is so this is best raps okay cool i was just yeah. trying to make sure Rockstar by uh the baby featuring roddy rich and savage in the best melodic rap performance, they have Rockstar, Laugh Now, Cry Later, uh, Lockdown by Anderson Pot, The Box, and Heist in the Room by Travis Scott. So let me ask you a question real quick. I'll stop there real quick. Pause, time out. Okay. Best melodic rap? Okay. It used so, to be best rap sung collaboration. Okay. And they changed the is name. Is that what that is? Okay. Yes, I was just that. trying to figure it out. All right, cool. Because I don't really like the name of this category. No, no, no. They changed the name. Remember right around, I think it was right around the riots. In so I got it. Okay. That, that completely makes it makes sense but here's here's what i'm saying because these aren't collaborations all of them you got two collaborations but i mean they're not so it used to be an r&b person with a rapper mm-hmm. now it's just things that contain r&b elements which is interesting yes. because why isn't savage on here uh <laughs> i don't know okay. whatever we don't know Here's the thing. We knew this was going to happen, sis, because remember, we were talking about them wanting to take out the word urban and we want, and, mm-hmm. and changing names of categories. And we're like, OK, changing the name is cool, is cute, but that's not the root of the issue. Right. At all. And, so, and we, see, we see what happens. Now, let's go look at R&B. Oh, the travesty. So where do we start? So, you wanna, you let's start, start with that. Let's start with the good. Let's start with the good. Okay, let's start with the good. Generico is actually up for best album of the year. She's up for album of the year. She's up for album of the year, period. 
For Chalumbo. Like across genres, mm -hmm. it's Chalumbo, Black Pumas, Everyday Life by Coldplay. Like Janae Aiko is up against Coldplay for album of the year, up against Taylor Swift and Post Malone. I think that is huge and fucking amazing. Mm -hmm. And just like with D, with D Smoke, if he doesn't win, to me, Janae Aiko has already won just by being here, just by being in this conversation. Yep. Um, and having her name read along with these people on TV. Um, Bro, I want to know what kind of campaign did Robert Glasper run this year? Because he is in a lot of positions and I'm just looking like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, wait. So, so, hold on. Let me, let me keep scrolling down. So, Black Parade, which I guess we could still call an R&B song, and uh, I Can't Breathe by her are in the are in contention for song of the year so is the box by Roddy Rich. Um do we consider Doja Cat a singer? She is doing singing things. D Smoke, Doja Cat, Megan Thee Stallion are all up for best new artists as is Kate Trinata and I don't understand but carry on. Kate Trinata is nowhere near best new artist but I'm glad you people discovered him. But that's happened before. Katrinata has been out for like a decade and a half. But, okay. but that's happened before. Like they've had some <laughs> best new artists and we we're all looking at them like, mm, I just think it's been around for a minute. Um, Katrinata is also up for best dance recording that's, and best yes. dance electronic album. Yep. Okay. I'm with you okay. on that. So now let's get to what the Academy considers R&B. Best R&B performance, you've got Janaiko and John Legend, Beyonce, Jacob Collier, who I don't even know who that is, but he has a song called All I Need featuring Mahalia and Ty Dolla Sign. So he's, he's an English kid, I believe, and he put out a really dope album that features a lot of people. Uh, I believe he was a musician and he's worked in this space with a lot of people, but he's like an instrumentalist. He's also like a genius Um and his, I think he put out the third installment of his series. And it's pretty, pretty good. Um, and he's got quite a few nominations, as we'll see. Okay. And then Go uh, Ahead by Brittany Howard, who I thought was a country artist. But... See? And, and we'll, then, we'll get to that in a second. And then See Me uh, by Emily King. By Emily King. Right. Then you've got Best Traditional R&B Performance. So what the fuck does that mean? That means some shit that's not like Beyonce over here, half rapping, half singing, not like it has to be like a traditional, like what most people would think of. So Chloe and Holly, so Chloe and Holly, so Chloe and Holly's not like Beyonce? Uh, well, maybe not on this particular song. I don't know what this song is. Wonder what she thinks of me. I'm going to call bullshit, but yeah. I mean, listen, I call bullshit across the board. I mean, they just look so out of place in this category. Because it's the Baylor Project featuring Gene Baylor and Marcus Baylor. Don't know who those people are, but Never I'm heard sure of they're older. Chloe and Haley, Michael Kilgore, Let Me Go, Anything For You by Let, by Let Us See. Let Us See Let Us See is nominated every fucking year. I never hear shit about Let Us See until the Grammys every fucking year. I don't understand it. She hangs out with Robert Glasper. But this is my thing. Like, I don't hear Lettuce's name all year till it's Grammy time. Then she's always nominated. Always nominated. Every year, Lettuce. I don't even know when Lettuce dropped anything till the Grammys. Um, and Yeba, don't know who that is. Best rap R&B, well, best R&B song. Uh, like, 
like Sis said, here comes Robert Glasper featuring her and Michelle and Dago Cello up against Black Parade, up against Sienna Major 9 and Earth Game for Collide, which was the song from um, Queen and Slim, which is an yep. amazing song. Amazing, amazing. That was a Stacey Bart, a very amazing songwriter. Do It by Chloe and Hallie. And Slow Down by Skip Marley and her. Those last three in Black Parade, I could see. I mean, I, I could see all three of these. I'm not, I'm not mad at this category. Nothing here. Except for Robert Glasper. <laughs> well, no, I mean, Robert Glasper is amazing at what he does. And he's got her and Michelle Nedgesello. You know, I can literally, I can see that. Um, I can see that being a part of this. It's not as crazy to me as this best traditional R&B performance where they were confused as, is this boho R&B or... But here's Chloe and Hallie um, and somebody you've never heard of. I don't even think it was boho r &B. I think it was old r and I don't know. I don't, but I, that, I think that they, they were confused as to what it actually is. And they just gotcha. did everything that was other than in this category. Now, if they did like, let's say a neo-soul category or something that had like neo-soul and other particular types of R&B, R&B, whatever you want to call it, and then did, this is the opposite of traditional R&B, in my opinion, you know. Um, but, the best but, R&B song. Yeah. Really. Okay. So now I'm going to skip over best progressive R&B. No, no, no. Oh, no, I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back. Okay. I'm going to go back. Right. But I just want you to know ahead of time that I feel like the best progressive R&B album should have been the best R&B album category. Absolutely. Right? Well, let's Based go. on who's nominated. Here's who we have in the best R&B album. Happy to be here by Aunt Clemens. Shout to Aunt Clemens. It's a very good. Take project. time by Giveon. Also a good project. To feel loved slash loved by Luke James. I love Luke James with all my heart. Very very proud of him. Very very happy for him. However, um, bigger mm -hmm. love by John Legend and All Rise by Gregory Porter. Not a single woman. Not one woman. Okay. Not one woman. And like, I'm sorry. What are these albums? Yeah, so because again, no shade. I know that Luke James dropped because I'm a Luke James fan slash. And we, I we talked about it um, briefly on the podcast early in the year, um, and it was amazing. It was a really good project. It is. It's it's a solid project, especially you know he had the joint road James that we talked about. Um, but I don't Gregory know. Porter? This whole category is just like. So Ann Clemens, the kid from Jersey, has been writing his ass off. Um, works with a lot of my homies. I heard the project's phenomenal. I also heard it's super short. Um, and I'm, I'm as much as I'm happy to see him here. My question is, where's Brandy? My question is, where's I, I don't know Chalumbo. about so Chalumbo should well that's a that's a whole nother question, but. In the context of R&B albums that came out from last year, um, last year, September, till this year, August, are these the best five albums you could find? Can't be. And I know it's been a really weird year. I know that time as a concept is all kinds of skewed right now. I know that we're all forgetting shit that happened this year. Um, and confusing things that happened this year with things that happened last year, like me and Skyhook, shouts to Skyhook, we're talking about South by Southwest last year. And she was like, there was no South by Southwest last year. And I'm like, no, 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 2019, that happened. 
2020 didn't happen. The 2019 happened. Um, uh, yeah, we were there. <laughs> right. That's what, she, that's what we were talking about. But like, again, like you said, are these the best five albums that came out from September of last year? To September? Is, it, is that what the span is? September to September? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the cutoff is September. Yeah, Brandy dropped. Um, what's her name? Fiona Taylor dropped that long ass damn album. I'm sorry, but it was long as hell. But so, sis, you know, maybe it was definitely better than one of these albums. No, I don't even know who Gregory Porter is. Well, you know, first of all, okay, so let's go back to the original point. Shalombo should be here. It should be here. Shalombo, how are you nominated for the best? Album. album of the year and couldn't even get a best arm in your own fucking category you couldn't even get a nomination you know who else is very very miffed that he's not here oh the weekend <laughs> no that's not where i was going okay, well, go with him the too but the, let's no, go with the weekend first because that one is good. pissed he is absolutely on a tirade um and i'll be honest he should be not only was his album really fucking good, people thought it was really fucking good because a lot of people listened to his album or still listening to his album. And he got a bunch of awards elsewhere. Right. And that's the crazy thing. Like, what? Y'all got to show me who made the, who voted for this, bro. People got to, we got to call them to the carpet because we need to know um, what this process is. You know, we understand what the process is supposed to be. But this is some fuckery of all time. I've seen a lot of Grammy nominations um, and I've never been this confused. Somebody Why? said this was the year that they were supposed to rise up. What is the process and where is the transparency? And I agree. But here's the thing, right? This was the year y'all ain't, I mean, we all sit in the fuck down anyway. Nobody's touring. Nobody's really, you know what I'm saying? Like people are recording, but like this was a year where y'all really could have sat down from June when niggas was pissed, when y'all was renaming categories and shit. From June, y'all could have sat down and figured out a way to really, really change the game this year. You know, I also had problems with their time with the whole August cutoff thing because I, the albums have cutoffs that the songs don't. They literally have songs on here that came out three weeks ago. Right. So even, but like even Nas's album didn't that just come out last month? I'm confused. I think again, he, I don't know time I think he anymore. Just made the cutoff. Like Big Sean missed the cutoff by like a week. But his song, Deep Reverence, came out. Originally, Detroit 2 was supposed to come out, but it came out a week later, so he missed the cutoff. And then um, Deep Reverence came out instead. So, But whatever it is, they don't have equal time periods for albums and singles and performances and all that stuff. They literally say your album has to be in by August. If it's not in by August, it carries over to the next year. And that's dumb, too. I just picked out randomly the month of July um, to see. And this is not something that she dropped that I think should have been considered, but what's her name? Baby Rose? Baby Rose not on here? Nowhere? I mean, but if if we're if we're if we're really digging in and pretending like we know music and we're pulling out people like Gregory Porter and all that shit. Baby Rose should be. You definitely could have pulled out Baby Rose. Um, Summer Walker dropped an EP in July. Yeah, EPs can't be considered. We, well, we asked about Summer Walker. Why her EP is probably as long as fucking Aunt Clemens. Uh, I'm just looking. Like I again, like I said, I randomly picked the month. I picked the month of July um, to see who dropped. 
so I can see because I don't remember what happened this year. And I think maybe they're counting on that. Maybe they're counting on us not remembering what the fuck happened. Or they were because jokes on you niggas. People are mad. And Clemens has eight songs and they average about two minutes per song. Eh, you know, it's short to the point. Um, Aunt Clemens, by the way, is an amazing songwriter, artist. I'm glad he's there. I think his spot is deserved. I think that he will get caught up and I don't know who he is. But is it deserved for album of the year or is it deserved somewhere else? I mean, for R&B album of the year or is it deserved somewhere else? I think it could definitely be deserved in album of the year. Okay. I mean, it's people like Timbaland, Ty Dolla Sign. Like, it's not like, uh, who the fuck are you? Like, it because he's he come from the songwriter world, okay. it's kind of like the first time you heard Neo, you know, and you didn't know, like, he had wrote all these hits or whatever. Well, no, because um, the first time I heard Neo, like, Def Jam had him performing at fucking Vision, and it was maybe, like, 15 of us in the room. Well, we don't have those. But things. somebody made it a point to make sure that I knew that, that well, he we, existed. We don't, we don't have those things anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have those things anymore. But what I'm saying is something still, some things and some people still rise to the surface. Well, right? here's the thing. He's got a song with Pharrell. He's got a song with Ty Dolla Sign and a song with Timbaland. So it's not like, like I said, it's not like he's just some obscure dude. Maybe because of today. Like, I think if Aunt Clemens existed in that time period, mm-hmm. we would More know would be talk- My thing is this. Like, obviously he has the industry cosigns. My thing is, who is having conversations about Aunt Clemens on a regular basis? Well, the, but the thing is, he signed. So he signed the Legion, which is the same um, the same company that uh, that Nisha signed to. He's in all the sessions. He's he's uh, literally in in California, in the middle of the music industry, the actual working music industry that puts out most of this content. So mm-hmm. it's not far fetched for, you know, people regular people to not know somebody who's in the credits, you know. Because that's where he exists. He exists in the credits. Okay. So you would literally like have to either know who he is or <clears throat> really read credits to know who Aunt Clemens is. But I think this is a great introduction to who Aunt Clemens is. This this really still brings me back to, you know, again, like we need to reconsider how we, how these. Actually, no, let me say I, that I back. You, I can't I say you. that because I have not heard his album. So let me take all of that shit the fuck back because I have not heard his album. But but I However, understand. I, understand. I heard Baby Rose's album that definitely came out around September of last year. Right. And she should have been in this conversation. Somewhere. But but I completely understand what you mean because it's still in the context should make sense to the fans. You know what I'm saying? Like there has to be some way to have categories that make sense because when the best new artist categories don't make sense, you know, you putting somebody in there who's been out for 15 years and then you put somebody who's brand new who nobody knows in the right. bigger categories, it's going to look, look confusing. Now, optics, exactly. the way they got it set up, are just confusing. And it's going to be somebody like an Ann Clements, who I think is super dope. And I listened to the project. And somebody like a D-Smoke, who people are going to be like, who the F is this guy? But these guys are going to win. Definitely a lot of who the F is D-Smoke. Everybody's probably ran, ran to whatever your DSP is and start listening to the album just to see if it was worthy, you know? So, so in that sense, it's a good thing. So... All right, let's look at this other category that they had. Oh, no, wait. I'm sorry. We're still on the R&B. So The Weeknd is mad. The Weeknd said that this is proof that the Grammys remain corrupt. Um, He says, you owe me my fans in the industry transparency. People felt a way about his entitlement there. Um, And, you know, of course, the Prince comparisons came. 
because what also happened this weekend was the American Music Awards, where the weekend cleaned up or won, you know, quite a few things or whatever. And, you know, was talking about how, like, the last time he won one, Prince was the one that presented it to him and all this good stuff. So, in any case. I, I uh, find it funny that WAP did not get a Grammy nomination. Somebody, let me see. Uh, Record, Recording Academy Chair and Interim President Harvey Mason Jr., said in a statement to Rolling Stone, we would have loved to have the weekend also perform on the Grammy stage the weekend before uh, the Super Bowl. Unfortunately, every year there are fewer nominations than the number of deserving artists. To be clear, voting in all categories ended well before the weekend's performance at the Super Bowl was announced. So in no way could it have affected the nomination process. All Grammy nominees are recognized by the voting body for their excellence and we congratulate them all. Very PC, very not answering any of these questions. Um, I, st I still I saw somebody mention the Black Grammys, right? And I find it funny. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I find it funny that um, Black people shut that person down, but it was a selection of Black people shutting people down, asking for a Black Grammys. Once again, is is Black a culture? Are we confused? Is it like we 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 jump on both sides of the argument, right? There's a Latin Grammys, um, and you know, I, I think that there should be a Latin Grammys. I think that if the Grammys really wants to show importance to other cultures, the same way they did to Latin culture, they should do it for Black culture. There should be a Black Grammys. Well, see, again, playing devil's advocate, not that this is my personal opinion. No, go for it. Um, the American... Academy Recording Academy mm -hmm. should absolutely be able to figure out a way to create an awards um, or an award system that recognizes the length and breadth of American music in totality. But they can't because and within know. that system, find a way to show find a way to show that you're paying attention, you're understanding all of the different categories that you're voting on. Okay. But, but we already have an entire show for Latin folks. Right. But here's the thing with the entire show for Latin folks. Number one, that's encompassing a whole entire continent. Um, number two, that's encompassing several different genres of music that all just happen to be recorded in Spanish and maybe Portuguese. And that's where the distinction is. It's not like they're only recognizing like they wouldn't recognize, for example, Cardi B unless she was on a record that was a specifically a Spanish record or specifically with one of these other artists. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like we could do that same thing for Black people. They not record. They're not recognizing Beyonce unless she's on a record with J Balvin. Okay. No, no, no um, I, I know how the Latin Grammys work. But what I'm saying is, when you make those distinctions, right? Then we have the BC Awards because that shit is not. I, I hate when y'all say that. You I mean, but like, why do you hate when we say that? Why is because what's the, the BT Awards are owned by Viacom. That shit ain't okay. black at all. So you want so, something? So what? No, so and what, then the you BT want, some, you want the Academy? Even... You want the Academy specifically the recording? Yes, the recording Academy yes, to make yes. a special category for black. Oh no, no, a special show. A special show. I'm sorry. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Absolutely. One thousand percent. Okay. Now let's just understand, though, to be clear, that even mm -hmm. if they did that, last year was a whole thing 
of J Balvin and other artists that are considered in the Urbano category who were pissed because they were being left out of the Latin Grammys left and right. So let's just know that even if they gave us our own separate, y'all would be mad about what they would call it because they would probably call it urban. Mm, They wouldn't just call it black. We we can't say urban anymore. Who can't say urban? Urban's gone. That's why they took it out. From where? From the Grammys. From the Grammys. From the right. Grammys. Let's be clear. So, and some okay. labels too. So we're not using that. So what would they call it? The Black Grammys. Okay. And then what would be the co- the qualifications? Uh, to be black. Okay. <laughs> so what if you are a black artist who makes country music? Okay. And it ain't enough of y'all to to have a separate category. That's not true. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, I just that's, think that's not true at all. I know. I know. Category. But but see, but I think that's why we need a Black Grammys. Because there are plenty of black people, especially nowadays. Nowadays, country country is looking for more and more black inclusion. They're looking for black songwriters. They're specifically seeking out, and there there's always been black people in country music. They just haven't been heralded or put to the top. But it's not like they don't exist. Okay, so when this Black Grammys gets created, then what happens to black artists who still want a coveted Grammy Grammy? The same way, there's still Latin categories in the Grammys. It'll still be there. Listen, this ain't my world. This y'all. Jay Balvin is, is nominated for a Grammy this year. I mean, no, I'm sorry. Bad Bunny. I mean, Jay Balvin should have been. <laughs> I think, I think, yeah, Jay Balvin definitely should have been. But Jay Balvin also didn't win many Latin Grammys, which was very odd. No, but Colores definitely was better than whatever the fuck Ricky Martin put out. Because Ricky Martin. Right. Was- no, that's what I'm saying. Like he didn't win, he didn't win at the Latin Grammys. And I was, I was, I was shocked. Um I still think that regardless as to whether or not they're going, I think that one creating a separate award show for us lets them off the hook. Me personally, that's what I think. I think it lets them off the hook of being more intentional and more, um, what's the word? Having their, like more in tune with what's happening within the larger Grammys. If we, if they, if they give us a separate show and then they don't have to think about it. I, 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 I disagree. And the reason why I disagree is because, once again, the Latin Grammys make sense because it allows people who are of that space to have more control over their music. And one of our biggest complaints is that old ass white people don't understand our music and don't know what the fuck is going on. So give us the backing because there are black people that work at the Grammys. There are black people that work in there and they probably sitting there looking like, man, I don't even know what to do because I'm trying. So give us the show, give us our own thing, give us the backing and let us do our thing because that's what we claim we want. But then we look at BET and say, oh, well, the BET Awards or the Soul Train Awards or whatever. But we're not happy with those. And the BET Awards is not, you know, the hip hop awards is just hip hop. And then the B, the regular BET Awards is not even a completely music show. You know what I'm saying? I mean, the hip hop awards is not, it's, it's really the same as the, it ain't no award. Like, I feel like they give out three awards at the hip hop. Exactly. So, you know, at the end of the day, if we, if we want something from the Grammys, that would be it. If not, then fuck the Grammys. I'm cool either way, but we need to be recognized because we want to be recognized. It's what we ask for. We ask to be recognized as a diaspora of people that make dope music in all different categories. We don't want to be thrown. We don't want Tyler's ego thrown into the rap category. And we wouldn't have that problem if we had our own rap. Because there are Black people that make rock music, rap music, uh, trap music, uh, jump music. And then we could actually get our categories off. It'll never happen because the Grammys has to try to be everything to all people. And that's always going to be fumbled. 
Um, so just so just so we know, um, the Latin categories at the regular Grammys are definitely so limited. Oh, um, the global there's one global music category. You hear me? There is a reggae category, and then there is one global music category. Right, right. One. And in that global music category, let me see. There is a British Indian artist who was nominated. There are one, two African artists nominated, including Berta Boy. Shouts to Berta Boy. I would love to see Berta Boy get a Grammy. Um, but this category is trash. Um Antibalas, which is an Afrobeats group based in Brooklyn that I've never heard of. And then you start to wonder where the fuck a DeVito or Wizkid or Tiwa Savage or Yemi Holiday oh or Mr. God. Easy. Okay, I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? And then there's Babel Gilberto, who, has been, who is a Brazilian album artist who's been out forever and a day. How there's one global category? One? This is what I'm talking about. Okay. And this is why we need a Black Grammys. Because and then they struggle to fill the reggae category, but I don't know why. I know why. Because they don't Sorry. fucking know. And that's what this title is. They don't, Marley. because the reggae category this year is Bujabantan, Skip Marley, Maxi fucking Priest. Maxi Priest? Toots and the Mai Tais and the Wailers. Oh. Y'all. Bro, what year is it? Popcon would like a word. Is it 1973? Hood Celebrity would like a word. Holy shit. See, now this is what I'm talking about. This is why, and no, don't get me wrong. Shout to all of them. They are legends, and there might be a category in which that would work. But There's we also new know new dancehall artists and reggae artists out here for y'all not to but acknowledge anybody. Exactly, but that's what I'm saying. Other than Skip Marley, but this the only reason why y'all voted for Skip Marley is because y'all recognize the last name, no friend. But this is what I'm saying. Tom. Not that Skip Marley is not a talented artist. Like, don't get me wrong. He's but amazing. This is why we need a Black Grammys. This is why. And it's not, I'm not just talking about an African-American Grammys. I'm talking about a Black Grammys, a global Black Grammys that recognizes uh, the continent, that recognizes the diaspora in full so that these people can get their proper due. They don't care about reggae or soca or none of that shit. Like they just, oh, best reggae out. What about soca? What about all these other great musics that come from the islands? What about bachata? You know, all these other things. Haitian Haitian artists ain't never been, will never be. Uh, Why not? No, I mean, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm joking, but I know, but, 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 but that's what I'm saying. That's why I'm saying we need a black Grammys. You know, we, one, you know, but the biggest reason why is because of our fucking buying power. Latin Grammys exist because of their buying power. Black Grammys should also exist because our, 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 our uh, buying power. The continent, what is going on in Africa with music is amazing. And there's so many artists who need to be highlighted from so many countries, from uh, from Nigeria, from South Africa, from Ghana, et cetera, the whole fucking continent. And they're condensing it to one fucking category. With everybody else in the world. Right. With everybody else in the world. It's ridiculous. It's wild it's, to me. It's a travesty. Nice. Don't make it's, no sense. And we're not even talking about all the folks in the UK and France and all these other countries where there are, are great black musicians doing amazing. I know. Things. Remember when we were talking the other day about um, hip hop music in Portugal and we didn't understand why they were doing, um, uh, what's that festival called? Rolling uh, Loud, yeah, Rolling, Rolling Loud and Festival. So I randomly stumbled upon a whole bunch of, they call it um, Afro dance, what they do. But there's a lot of artists from the former Portuguese colonies who are now in actual Portugal 
or you know, kids who are of descent from all these former Portuguese so like colonies. Cape Verdeans. Cape Verdeans. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on all these. Saint Tomé and Principe, and like, uh, and it's like two other countries that used to be Portuguese um, colonies in Africa that are based in Lisbon. That are like doing a damn thing and dropping all kinds of fun records. Um, but yeah. Again, I don't disagree that there should be a, a, a Black Grammys. I definitely feel like we should also not let these niggas off the hook with doing better with these categories. But what, what I'm saying is these categories. they can, literally. Like, with the with the way the show is, it's a, what, what, two-hour show? All, even if they did that, all we would get is a bunch of shit that don't air. Okay, I'm not saying add categories. I'm just saying do better with the categories that you have now. But how can you do better? How can you do better when all you got is a best reggae album category where you're trying to appease all of reggae from five people? By, I mean... Reggae, reggae has layers. That's what I'm saying. All these global music, what the fuck is that? No, that's that's trash. Like, you know for you saying? to still have, in, 20, in 2020, for you to only have one category, one for reggae, one for global music, and then they have, like, five or six latin categories which but, but you know they can't, they can't scale out to add those things i'm just saying like even if they didn't necessarily scale out and i'll look up next last year's um list of nominees for for best reggae but i'm just saying they have when to did coffee because coffee huh? won when did coffee win last year was that i think i'm, it might I'm have been pulling coffee. it up now uh, i know she won one in the last two years um but yeah, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. They they can't. It's not possible, and we're not gonna get what we want out of it. We need to just take it, take it. Time to allocate some of the funds. We're gonna throw a black show. We're gonna we're gonna fuck it up. Show them how we really really put out put on for the diaspora. Unless we're gonna start our own, because BET ain't it. That shit ain't never gonna be. I don't care if it's called Black Entertainment. That shit ain't been Black Entertainment since they sold that shit to Viacom. That shit's gone. It belongs to the streets. It belongs to the streets. Apparently not. That's what you saying. That shit belongs to the streets. I don't mean it. Don't. I don't mean the streets. I mean the streets. Like that shit's. No, nah, I, I know what you mean. That <laughs> shit is random. I'm trying to find the um last year's Grammy list. Yeah, I'm not sure if she won last year or the year before. But uh, so meanwhile, uh, Justin Bieber is quite upset. Justin Bieber wrote out a whole Justin long Bieber note. Said, I made a fucking R&B album. Justin Bieber recognized me. Justin Bieber said, hey guys. Hi, it's me, Justin. I know you see me on the radio. I know you see me in the videos. But you still don't pay no attention to the fact that I'm making R&B music. Just because I'm a white boy from Canada with blonde hair does not make everything that I sing pop. Yeah. And as much as I don't want Justin Bieber to be the messenger, I feel like Justin Bieber saying it is going to have way more weight than Tyler, the creator, saying it. And that may be, maybe the way that we get some kind of look back at the way that these albums are are, are, are classified. Yeah, so so just to chime in, Rapture Coffee did win last year. That's right, album. No, but I'm saying who, was, who else was nominated? Oh, Julian Marley. Sly and Robbie, still <laughs> Bye, man. Right. Bye, man. Right. Bye. Bye. Because, just because, like, I, like, 
listen, I don't claim to be the most contemporary dance hall listener. Like I will listen to a whole bunch of old shit. And then every once in a while I'll stumble across a, like a ding dong or a didonai or uh, who was I listening to the other day? Hood Celebrity is dope as fuck. Um, who was I listening to the other day? That's a guy. Anyway, Popcorn. Popcorn been out here doing his fucking thing. It's a lot um, of people. And even if you're going to bring back, you know, it's a lot of OGs that are still doing their thing. You know, like, this is just not it. But this just really looks like y'all said, okay, we got to put a Marley in here every year now. Every year, pick one. Pick a Marley. <laughs> Andy Marley, let's did, go Julia. Julia. Yeah, we did Julia. I don't know. <laughs> we do skip this year. Steel Pulse. Steel Pulse Pulse don't make reggae. Third World. Like, what the? F- yeah, look, look. All right, this, I'm sorry. This, this is what I'm saying. I'm upset. Okay, we're off the Grammys. Uh, Justin is mad. Justin is upset. Along with everybody else, it's upset. Um, this was the alternative R&B category, which was the one that I feel like maybe should have been the regular R&B category. Progressive R&B, excuse me. Chalumbo, Ungodly Hour by Chloe and Haley, uh, Free Nationals, Fuck Your Feelings by Robert Glasper, and It Is What It Is by Thundercat. Shout out to Thundercat, man. That's a great album. This is called the Hey, They're Black and They Sing, and we don't know what to call this category. Right, so we're just going to throw them anywhere. Or the Hey, we didn't um, nominate them in that other category, so we'll just stick them here category. So to wrap this all up in a nice little bow, now that we've given the Grammys half of our show, and I didn't even mean to make that rhyme, but I'll do that from time to time. Um... They did decent in some of the general categories in terms of inclusion, I think. Uh, but they completely missed the mark when it comes to urban music. And I think this year of all years, when y'all made such a fucking show to let us know that y'all were renaming categories and changing the things that things were called and you're trying to be more sensitive and understanding to the kind of music that these artists are creating, y'all failed. This wasn't it. This was not it. Um, prior to this, as we mentioned last week, uh, one Gucci Mane and one Young Jeezy, not so Jeezy. The ATL Super Bowl. Uh, had a battle. It was a versus. It happened at Magic City because, duh, where else would it happen? Um... 1.8 1.8 million concurrent viewers, 5.5 million total viewers, 2.3 total viewers on Apple Music alone, 1.3 million plus unofficial YouTube Facebook viewers, shouts to Bounce Gang, because that includes y'all. Um, 126 million 800,000 plus in-stream likes. 7 billion plus impressions. Wow. 1.6 million US tweets, 3.2 million global tweets. They made it a point to let y'all know that more people watch this battle between Gucci and Jeezy than the MTV Music Awards or Video Awards or whatever fucking awards MTV had that we all missed. Well, just to be fair, every versus beats the next one now but this one was a hell of a spectacle and i, I just want to give props to versus 
for upping the ante and doing it big every time out. So, you know, in the early days, my complaint was the technical aspect of it, which they've obviously eliminated that. That's no longer an issue. Yep. Um, the energy surrounding this particular versus was interesting. Very much so. Um, because there was a lot of rewriting history when it comes to the source of these guys' beefs. And so as a result, a lot of people saw Jeezy as being the bigger person. But there's a meme floating around the internet of that one Chappelle show skit where he's um, in a courtroom and he knocks down the water and get up, gets up and runs. And people are saying that that's basically like, understand that Jeezy was the quote unquote bigger person, but Jeezy was not the one that needed to squash beef. It was not his to squash um, it was absolutely 100% Jeezy's, I mean, Gucci's to squash one. Two, Gucci, um, maybe or maybe not when he was in the early process of his sobriety and doing his steps or whatever, attempted to piece it out with Jeezy behind closed doors, away from cameras, and Jeezy turned him away. Um, and... I mean, it's like, and, you know, last week we had a whole conversation about, you know, people who are not from the street talking about street shit. And so I'm not going to make the mistake of being that person. Um, although I already called that friendly from you on Tuesday or Thursday, whatever <laughs> happened. Um, sometimes, you, you know, sometimes it happens. But, you know, like, y'all, this was not music beef. Like, I just need this to be clear. I just need, like, I think there's a lot of people that, like, we don't realize that all of this happened 14 years ago. So a lot of y'all were not even remotely close to outside. Mm -hmm. Also, the way that things were documented back then was a little bit different because a lot of us in the media, I think we were still fresh enough off of the East Coast, West Coast beef that a lot of us were really careful about the way that we covered certain things. And you didn't really have as many avenues or outlets where people were egging on um, um. beef. We didn't have the world stars or the shade rooms, all that. Didn't stuff. have world star shade room. Bossip was brand new. There was no Instagram. Um, niggas wasn't on Twitter like that yet. If if Twitter was around, we wasn't on it yet because we didn't really get on Twitter until 2008. Um, so like it was a much different space, and also it was real life shit. So niggas was doing their best to make sure that it didn't become bigger than what it was. Right. But like, let's just be clear that this was not street beef. This was not music beef. This was real life actual beef. So, yeah. Um. Anyway, but, you uh, know. both artists left off a bunch of records they could have played. Mm -hmm. Um. I found out just how bougie I actually am because I knew two point five Gucci records. I didn't know much many of them. I was very excited that he played my shirt off because that's absolutely one of my favorite songs. To sing to people's uh, babies when they're walking around just diapers. My shirt up, my shirt up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that auntie. I'm the ratchet auntie. Uh, you know, I'm. I realized that there was a reason why I wasn't that big of a fan of Gucci back then. His his flow, his his raps were very elementary to me back then. Gucci grew a lot as a rapper, a whole lot. Um, he was a street dude rapping. Right. And it sounded like it. Um, Jeezy was always a lot more polished. 
as a as an MC. Um, but that was that was also why people gravitated towards uh, Gucci. And just to be clear, there's the local conversation, there's the ATL conversation, and then there's the world conversation. You know, there's people who don't know shit about what really goes on here. Um, and you had those two conversations happening at the same time. Right. And that was like, and but we got to watch it on social media. So they kind of spill over, right? And people don't defer to the ATL conversation. They think they know what they're talking about because they saw it somewhere, they read it somewhere or whatever. But there's a lot of folks that was really out there and who know, you know, what was going on or whatever. So, you know, it was interesting. What's interesting is the easiest way to break it down between the two of them is the bottle service clubs versus the hood hole in the wall spot. Um, if you were in your, you know, like if that's what you were doing, you were on guest list in VIP sections, if you were on the like label industry side of Atlanta, because we've talked about before how Atlanta has, you know, different sides to it. Um, if you were rocking with label cats, um, those Jeezy records that he played were definitely the soundtrack to your partying, uh, from like 04 to maybe 07, 08. Um, and then Jeezy's come back and dropped off little things here and there. Gucci, even on a national scale, those rec- those were the records that were national. Those were the like, national. Everybody records. knows those records. Those were club records, even from Boys in the Hood. Like those records all impacted national radio, national video. But the reality of it is, outside of their history together, this was not really a good matchup in terms of the style of artists that they are and the kind of music that they release. Somebody said it should have been Gucci and Yogani because at one point in, or, or like even a Boosie, because I remember going to the Southern, um, Southern Entertainment Awards in like 08, 07, 08. Um, the Southern Entertainment Awards used to happen in, I forget what town in Mississippi. I want to say Biloxi, but I'm probably wrong. Um, but it's a town that's like literally like all of the parties were happening in Memphis. So it's right on the border. Um, that's the time that I ended up accidentally in Arkansas. And yes, I said Arkansas because that country shit ain't going to sound fancy. And the reason why I ended up in, Ar- in Arkansas is because there was a party in West Memphis. And so I thought it was the west side of Memphis, Tennessee. No, West Memphis is a town in Arkansas. And when we got to this club in West Memphis, Arkansas, um, I asked if there was code check and the girl said, yeah, they gonna check your code, but you ain't gotta leave with nobody or nothing like that to give you an idea of where I was at in the world. And (laughs) I went in there and the DJ played a smooth 20 to 30 minute set of Boosie records. And I did not know that there was that much Boosie music to be had. Again, this was 2007, 2008. Like my nephew was born, my niece was not. So this is like, after between 06 and 2010, like right in the middle somewhere, um, there were a lot of artists in the South that were really doing their thing on the mixtape circuit in a different way that, you know, it's not like the glamorous DJ driven mixtape circuit that a lot of people usually talk about. Um, these guys were doing, you know, kind of like the Texas method of it where they were dropping independent projects and then they were touring in like all these little itty bitty hick towns that none of us really think about or hear about. Um, doing club shows for, you know, six, seven hundred dollars or whatever, but building a ridiculous 
following. And Gucci is like the biggest of those people who eventually landed at a label and eventually got the right support behind him to make him a figure. But even those of y'all that fuck with Gucci now, like y'all don't really fuck like outside of Atlanta and outside of that core fan base, y'all don't fuck with Gucci's music for real. Right, right. Y'all fuck with Gucci. Right. No, absolutely. And they don't know a lot. I mean, you can tell, like a lot of those folks don't know early Gucci songs. You know, I'm be honest, like I fucked with OJ the Juice Man more than I fucked with Gucci musically. Waka. Fucked with Waka more than I fucked with Gucci musically until like I'd say like 2012, maybe when he started. I don't know when he put out the first Trap Lord, but the Trap Lord series was kind of when I really first started fucking with Gucci. Cause he kind of, I think that's when he started working with like Mike Will and all those guys. Yeah. That's when like the production value of Gucci's when music. Coach, when Coach came around. Yeah. That's like when the, when, when the production value of Gucci's music went way up. Mm-hmm. So, you know, outside of their history together, that definitely was not necessarily the matchup musically. But, you know, they gave the culture a moment. They gave people something to talk about and debate about. Um, there was that ridiculous, we should do a real estate battle. No, we should do a clothing. No, we should do clothes. We should well, do jewelry. I, I think that was a great comeback because Gucci was on some other shit. Oh, Gucci was on um, some other shit. Like, so, <laughs> so that was the perfect clapback, though. You know what I'm saying? That was a clapback. We got to put that in context. Gucci so yeah, DC Gucci to took have, off his coat and said, look at me, I'm wearing $10,000 worth of clothes. Right, like, okay. Look so, at my opponent. Right, like yo, we should do a we should do a, a jury versus, and, and you know that's what that's what Jeezy had to say. I'm I'm different, you know. Let's do it. Let's do a real estate versus. I own half of Atlanta, you know. Guys. Which one? Which one he, would you rather? Uh, you know. By the way, he doesn't. Well, you don't own half of Atlanta, but you know he owns some shit. So, he owns some shit. Yeah, he's been he's been on that for a while. So you know, ultimately, it's it's once again, it's it's. It's a cultural thing, like what type of nigga are you? And Jeezy is an evolved version of the old Jeezy. Even yes. when, when he played that, I felt like Jeezy put more energy into playing old Jeezy records than he had to, right? Just because. And even then, Gucci was like, man, man, y'all stop playing my old shit. I got new hits, I got new hits. But Jeezy could have got him the fuck up out of here if he just played all of his actual hit records. I mean, he played. Yeah, he left off a few. He left off quite a few. But he did that. He was trying to because he was trying to be culturally relevant in that hood space. And I got it. But it was like Jeezy, we don't need. We know. We know. I guess he was trying to remind people that he actually was a street nigga. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, Jeezy, we remember. But a lot of a lot of people don't. A lot of people don't remember the snowman era. They don't remember the BMF era. They don't remember the Blue Da Vinci era. They don't really remember all that stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I, I guess he had to do that. Either way, he still mopped him. So. Uh, yeah, he definitely did. Um, there was definitely that moment of tension when when Gucci played this record, where he talked about killing Jeezy's homeboy, and that's when my phone died. And it was just weird, man. Y'all had space. And I was looking like that, like like that Regina, like that Regina, um, what's her name? Regina Hall. Mm-hmm. Like that meme where she's like, that's it's, it's like y'all, y'all did the whole breast brain Stacey Abrams up, tell people to vote. And then you want to get up there and just turn back into like 
the lowest form of hoodie making. But you know what my homegirl said is there is the possibility where you've done all the shadow work and you've gone to therapy and you've gotten blah, 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 and you've done all your healing and you think you'll be okay being in the room with this nigga and then you get there and you have a visceral reaction to the fact that the person who you believe tried to have you killed is sitting seven feet away from you. Oh, we saw Um, it in real time. We we saw it happening. We saw it unravel in real time, especially because you're in front of people you 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 got your niggas on the side with you and you know at least one of them is in your ear saying fuck that nigga absolutely and then you know the Jeezy's story and Jeezy's life is antagonizing to you you know Jeezy's like man magic you remember seeing me as a youngster rolling through here I you know everything that Jeezy said every time Jeezy talked the more positive Jeezy tried to be the more pissed off Gucci got and it was just like it was interesting to watch. Yeah, it was definitely interesting to watch. And so then, now, okay. And then hold up. And then they was like, and then at the end, yo, yo, meet us at compound. <laughs> right. At the end, they did so icy together, which was the very first time they've ever performed that record together, ever. Um, and then they they hosted a party together. I started to drive past compound on my way home. Why? And I was like, sis, you don't need to do that. You know what it looks like. <laughs> We all know we all know what that narrow ass block looked like with all them people waiting in that damn line. Um, I just wanted to add that uh oh no, that was July of last year. Okay. I was gonna say where the fuck was crit at, but crit dropped in July of last year. Everything is jumbled together now. All righty. So um elsewhere in the internet is filled with experts. Dave Chappelle did a, did, did a comedy show, I guess, this weekend. Yep. And at that show, during that show, in a very Dave Chappelle-ish way, because nowadays, like, Dave Chappelle has definitely progressed into the comedian who doesn't necessarily tell jokes. Like, he just talks to y'all um, and does it in a very funny way. Tells you, you know, what the hell's going on in his life. And he said, people think I made a lot of money from Chappelle's show. When I left that show, I never got paid. They didn't have to pay me because I signed the contract. But, it, but is that right? I found out that these people were streaming my work and they never had to ask me or they never had to t- have to tell me. Perfectly legal because I signed the contract, but is it right? I didn't think so either. That's why I like working with Netflix for Netflix. I like working for Netflix because when all those bad things happened to me, that company didn't even exist. And when I found out they were streaming Chappelle's show, I was furious. Um, long story short, because I'm not going to read the whole quote because it, it reads a lot longer than it is listening to him tell it. But essentially, he went to Netflix and was like, hey, um... I know I signed a contract and they could do whatever they want with that content. I'm not feeling the fact that y'all are streaming that content and Netflix has officially pulled it down that quickly. Mm. Um, Obviously there are still places where you can stream it. Um, Dave Chappelle is saying that, you know, Comic Central gave him a raw deal because he's black. No, he said, I'm not here telling you trying to tell you guys that I believe Comedy Central gave me a raw deal just because I'm black. I believe they gave me a raw deal because this fucking industry is a monster, is what he said. Oh, you got to watch the special, though. The way he delivered the message, that shit is fire. You go on his Instagram, you can watch um, it's on that, that specific segment. Yeah, it's it's on a lot. Of, a lot of people have reposted just that, that specific segment of what he said. I guess if we were smart, we would just play the clip, but I don't know if we would be allowed to play that clip. Yeah, I don't want to get in We don't even want to play with it. I don't want to get um, Netflixed. 
And so, you know, essentially you can't stream it there anymore. Obviously it's still streaming other places. Um, I don't know that Dave Chappelle is doing this as a ploy to tell Comedy Central to give them, to give him, give him money um, or to renegotiate the, you know, residuals for that show. Um, I don't know that Comedy Central necessarily has to because this is the kind of thing where some of us are going to look at it and listen to what Dave said and be like, you know what? It's not a point. I'm not watching this shit anymore. And a lot of people are going to hear that he said this and be like, man, that shit funny as hell though, dog. Like we gotta, you, ever, you remember? And they're still gonna go back and watch it. And then there's gonna be the, ton, the millions and millions of people that never heard that this conversation was even happening. We're still gonna be streaming. So does this make Comedy Central now have to come back to the table and do right by Dave? I, I mean, Dave still has the leverage. And the reason why he has the leverage is because clearly he can still command big money. Um, Netflix just saying, we're taking this shit down because we rock with you, Dave, is a big thing. Um, him calling out HBO is a big thing. Um, they don't need everybody to not watch it. But if it takes a dip, What's the HBO tie-in? Because I missed that. So he said that he pitched the show originally to HBO. Chappelle's show. And HBO said, what do we need you for? Oh. So now it's streaming on HBO Max. And he's saying, what do I need you for? Okay, I didn't know it was on HBO Max. So, you know, basically him calling out Viacom, CBS, you know, it's a big deal because yes. a lot of us are going to say, well, fuck that. We still, I, I'm good. I've seen, I've seen that show so many times. I could recite this shit backwards and forwards in my sleep. Well, so I don't, it. I don't need to watch it again. And we've been, and we've been doing that. Right. We've been doing that. Like when they were like, oh, special streaming. I wasn't super excited because I still remember all this. Cause when I did watch, I watched, I went and, and, and cherry picked specific skits I wanted to see and recited the whole thing as they were saying it because I still knew everything that General Cornrow Wallace told his guys when he wrote them that letter teaching them how to cook crack cocaine. I was watching The Crown the other day when um, when uh, the episode where Prince Philip's uncle gets killed. And in that episode, the beginning of the episode, there is an audio of somebody from the um, the Irish Republican Party, the, the uh, Irish Republican Army, the IRA, saying like, "We're not fucking with y'all no more. Like, we're done playing nice. It's about to be bloodshed." Da 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 da. And they still went in vacation. The royal family still went in vacation in the fuck Ireland. And as I'm watching it, I was like, in my head, this is the equivalent of digging up their leader and making a video dancing with him, going rival, rival. Rival, rival. Like, I don't ever need to watch another episode of Chappelle's show again, no. ever again, honestly. Still, it's all in my head. So ultimately, I think things like this will take, will make it take a dip. And it will be a noticeable dip. And Dave said, you know, I, I, I got more in the tank, bro. I got more in the tank. I got this Netflix money. I'm good. And, uh, and that's the thing that I appreciated about him is that he went and he said, hey, guys, 
I signed the deal. Does that make what they're doing right? No. He's not mad. He's not asking nobody to boycott nothing. Um, he's just saying, hey, guys, here's how we feel. Now, where uh, the uh, ICDC college law degrees have reemerged is uh, now niggas is like, wait, isn't this what Monique said? It's not, friends. It's not. Um, we don't need uh, we don't need Comedy Central's books to know what kind of money Dave Chappelle made them off the of Chappelle show. No, not at all. We don't. Um, and we don't need anybody to break down for us the fact that Dave Chappelle opened doors for other Black comedians at Comedy Central because when he left, they were definitely trying to figure out ways to, you know, fill that void. Um, and Dave Chappelle gave Comedy Central relevance. He gave Comedy Central relevance, one. And two, I think he also made it possible for Black comedians to rethink the kind of content they could open out to the world. Absolutely. Because this was very unapologetic. This was very much like, hey, white people, y'all here too? Cool. But look, this is for us. Y'all can hang out. But you may get uncomfortable. And you're just going to have to deal with it. There you go. But that's what comedy's about, you know. So ultimately, you know, shout out to Dave Chappelle. Um, I just find it hilarious how the internet reacts to these things because people who are probably um, not the same skin color of Dave Chappelle like love to give their opinions um, talking about, oh, well, I'm just going to watch it wherever. Yeah, we, we know you are. And Dave knows you are too. So, right. You know. But once again, there are many folks like us who are like, fuck that show. I'm Rob right. Dave. Um. So the two things that I saw was one, people saying, oh, y'all didn't have that same energy from Monique when she showed up, but I don't think Monique showed up with the same um, argument. And also she didn't present it the same way. And, and I don't give a fuck what y'all say, but the way that things are presented definitely matter. And you attract more flies with sugar than shit. Bottom well, line. Monique, Monique tried to, she tried to jump people. <laughs> she tried to say, she tried to pull rank. And, and you know, Instead of building a relationship with somebody, she tried to say what she thought she her valuation was, and that's the difference. When you when you negotiate, and you think your valuation is one thing, and they value you at another thing, and they're probably doing it based on some kind of metrics, right? Like how many tickets are you out here selling? You know, right? What I mean? so if by if, yourself. Right. It ain't about who you were or what you did. It's about relevance. Like, so they offered you a deal. Take the deal. If you blow it out the water, it's going to get you an even bigger deal. Down or the road. if you don't take the deal, go out and do something to show them why you were worth what why you, you should have done. To this moment, I do not feel as though Miss Monique has done anything At to all. show us that Netflix had her fucked up. No, Netflix was was spot on. And that's the thing. Like, we can't pull out the black card to complain about every fucking thing. You got to do the work. You got to be worth the money. At the end of the day, we're all businesses. You know, we all have our entities. And I'm not just putting nobody on because they black. I'm not giving anybody my platform just because of 
we grew up in the same town. I'm not giving my damn brother a platform. That's how y'all need to stop telling me about whatever Haitians y'all discover every week. Like that doesn't excite me. <laughs> it's a lot of us. It's a lot of us. It's like a smooth at least. It is. Now, now you might give a Haitian a look, but you're not gonna give a you're not gonna give him a look just because. You know, give every okay. Haitian a look. For example, I'll give y'all a perfect example. My favorite, one of my favorite rappers currently is a young lady named Niska. Um, her name is actually, well, no, her rap name is Kanis, K-A-N-I-S, because there's a French rapper who is a dude who was out before her who goes by the name Niska. So even though Niska is her first name, she goes by Kanis as her, her artist name, right? She is my favorite, one of my favorite female rappers. She is 100% my favorite Haitian rapper. Every other Haitian artist who qualifies themselves as a rapper, my people are still in that phase, that early rap phase where everybody has the same flow and it's trash. I love her. I don't want to hear the rest of them niggas at all. Just wanted to share that with y'all. Get into get into Kenneth. Um... Oh, and lastly, before we shift over to the music here, apparently we could be looking at an Entourage reboot or revival. Yes. This is according to Kevin Dillon, who played Johnny. Uh, Kevin Dillon and Entourage creator Doug, Doug Ellen have a podcast. Um, it's Matt's called brother. Victory. Yeah, Matt's brother, who always looked like, he looks so familiar. Yeah, because he looks like Matt Dillon, but older. <laughs> um, so yeah, the show, like there's no no specifics, no details. Interestingly enough, Adrian Grenier, I think out of everybody that was on that show has done the least after that show ended. Yeah. Um, of course, y'all know Jerry Ferrara as whatever the lawyer's name was on... That show Power. that I never watched, Power. I still call him Turtle. Um, there was a meme floating around the internet that I, the guy that got into a fight with, uh, what was his name? Latrell Sprewell? I don't know. I'll have to find it. But anyway, there was a big basketball blowout. No, not Latrell Sprewell. What's Hope Old Boy's name? Meta World Peace. Yes. What's his real name? Ron Artest. Yes. Um, he had gotten into a fight where he punched a fan years and years ago. Yes, and that guy looks, and that guy looks just like Jerry Ferrara. So he jumped on the internet the other day. Apparently, like once a year, he has to pop up and be like, "No, no, no, that wasn't actually Turtle." Um, but yeah, so they're saying that the that uh, Kevin Dillon said that he has been trying to get Doug Ellen to consider it for a long time, and he said finally, he said the other day, "I'll start thinking about a reboot or revival." But again no word as to whether or not um, we would actually see everybody come back. I think it would be dope if we got to see everybody come back. Vincent Chase is now somebody that's kind of almost fallen off, like almost like a um, Robert Downey Jr. Because y'all don't know Iron Man was popping and then Iron Man fell the fuck off. Some of y'all have no idea. The Iron Man had fell all the way the fuck off and then popped back up. Oh, no, we got to, you know, you got to go way back before Iron Man. Folks didn't really know the old Robert Downey Jr. from John Hughes. From the 80s, yeah. Um, all right, let's get into this music. So, uh, you know, 
turned out that uh hold on oh real quick real quick also um wanted to quickly give a rest in peace to one of the top footballers of all time Diego yes, Maradona uh, who passed away um from cardiac arrest uh his fans worldwide are mourning um and I wanted to send my condolences to uh all of his family and the people he touched huge part of my life as a kid because I think we've discussed before how like Haiti splits between Argentina and Brazil um those are those are two really big rivalries you know for a very oh, yeah. kind of yeah. are in a way in global soccer mm-hmm. um so yeah rest in peace to Diego Maradona one of the greats also nobody would ever outflop him like somebody said, if there was ever a award for flopping, it needs to be an actual statue of Diego Maradona. Brought a different kind of energy because it wasn't that um, that angry John McEnroe energy. It was just really like this. Like it was like how y'all be doing LeBron. Y'all think LeBron be flopping? Bro, I tell oh. people flopping in basketball is a direct result of European players and Spanish players, South American players. Um, who grew up watching footballers because nobody nobody flops like footballers at all. And Maradona was definitely the GOAT. Definitely, definitely. You said two things. That's one thing. What's the other thing? What was the other? Oh, no, that was it. That was it? You're not going to plug this this Bounce Gang Black Friday sale? (sighs) Yeah, we got some stuff. We got some merch. (laughs) Listen, if y'all need music distribution, come see us. $10 unlimited, man. Don't get no cheaper than that. Uh, distribute your music to all the stores worldwide. It's lit. You need publishing administration. Come mess with us, man. We are making sure you get all your bags. And we got cool merch. 25% off your entire order on bouncegang.com. So come through. On my cut for that plug. Gotcha. Um, all right. So... Turns out that all of this uh, um, versus energy was leading up to a new Young Jeezy album. Yep. The Recession 2 dropped at midnight. So the verses happened on Thursday and the Recession 2 dropped on Friday. Um, what did you think? Um, I think that it has some highlights. Yes. I think that it has a couple misses. I think most of the highlights were provided by the Justice League. And I do like one of the canon records. I definitely felt that um, Beats jumped out for me more than um, than anything Jeezy was doing or saying. Um, uh, I picked up one of the Don Cannon joints was the first thing that kind of drew my attention. But here's the thing for me with Jeezy is I really feel like Jeezy's really good at making background music. Um, I think he makes the kind of music that you kind of put on. Like if you were going to have you a nice little rap infused dinner party, you could put on a Jeezy record in the background and it wouldn't be so much to interrupt conversations and make people stop start singing along with the records i think people would just you know go ahead and let it rock um the project comes in at i want to say 15 tracks is that right yeah 15 tracks 
the kingdom which is the last the last song on there actually was one of my faves um justice league shit justice league this this shall album justice league uh they did that one with uh cassius J. they did almighty black dollar that's two three four five <laughs> oh shit six seven <laughs> seven justice league project i mean songs on this 15 track album uh he definitely kept the home team around shouts to dj monte who's on here a couple times cashes j is on there like two three times uh don cannon i felt like i heard more than once he's on here twice that's it so it's not as good as disappearing and reappearing as i am but there you are he co-produced uh a couple of the joints uh, he did Here We Go, um, Modern Day, which I like, and Back. So, Yeah, he co-produced Back, and he did uh, Here We Go and Modern Day by himself, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know he had a co-producer on Here We Go also. Uh, but yeah, this was mostly Justice League. Um, so he had a remix guy, got a credit on here. Couple samples on here. But like I said, it really, to me, it sounded like the kind of rap music that I could put on and have like a, a you know, we're grown up or we're not stuffy dinner party. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Play in the background. Yeah, nah, uh, you know, it's crazy. That Almighty Black Dollar record is great. Therapy for My Soul, another great record. Um, I gotta give it another listen just to see if I really like the Live and Die flip. You know what I'm saying? He, yeah. he he did some audacious things, and I like it. I like that he took the chances. Um, I've just been... I, I back is already a record that I knew I, I fucked with, um, you know, prior to uh, the album coming out. Overall, I think it's a solid effort from Jeezy. Um, especially... I, I'd say it's his best thing he put out since seeing it all. Easily. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've been waiting for the production value to return. It feels like he was invested in this project. And that's all you can ask for. You know what I'm saying? So at the end of the day, if you if you you haven't heard it yet, go in. There's some bops on here. There's some shit you gonna love. He's talking grown man shit. Um, and, and that's what's up. You know? Um, I think he's gotten at that point where he's accepted where he's at, like where his lane is. Mm-hmm. And he's just gonna ride that lane. And you know, it, it's hard for because Jesus is a street nigga. He's always gonna be a street nigga. But he's also um he's grown, he's become cultured. It's very much like a Jay-Z, you know, who's still very much a street nigga. Don't get it misconstrued. One wrong move in his presence, and you'll get a look that reminds you that he's a street nigga. I mean, shit, his kid might do one thing and he give uh give one of the kids one look and he'll remind you that he where he's actually from. You know, it's like when your when your mama remind you that she's actually from the ghetto, and uh, right. don't let that don't let that pantsuit fool you. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah, fancy zip code fool you. Right. So you know, I feel like that's 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 the the tale of of somebody like Jeezy, and I, I'm here for it. I'm here for uh, when Jeezy when Jeezy dropped. Um, was it Trapper Die Three that I reviewed? I think it was Trapper Die Three. Um, I did a review for Creative Loafing and I said that it sounded like um, coming home from the trap music. 
or like, you know, people our age, like you leave the club, you don't necessarily want to listen to R&B music. This is what you would listen to. Right. Um, I feel like a lot of the majority of the records are kind of that vibe where it's like, it's still energy, but it's not like a rah, rah, go crazy energy. Mm-hmm. Um, solid effort. Like I didn't hate, I, nothing, there was nothing that came up that I felt like I needed to skip. Um, I, I did feel like that um, Therapy for My Soul record is kind of one of those things where I don't need to hear it more than once. You know what I'm saying? Like, all right, cool. You said what you had to say. I don't really want to listen to that more than once, but I wasn't really mad at anything else on there. Um, There's a great pain that I'm here to remind you that my beloved Megan Pete dropped the project last Friday as well. Hey, yo. And that shit started out like a sledgehammer. Um, I got halfway through track two and I went to Twitter and asked Twitter if the rest of the, because I, I listened to it late. Like I listened to it like Friday afternoon, like around like three or four. Mm-hmm. And I had to go to Twitter and ask Twitter if the rest of the album was going to be about that midget because I didn't want to listen to 10 tracks about who shot you. Um, and it wasn't. Um, this was not a Megan Thee Stallion project though. Um, and I feel like I need to go back and listen to it without the expectations that I had going into it. But I didn't get enough of what we've come to know her for and what we did get was not great enough for me to be like, yay, growth! It was just kind of like, huh. I think that there was a lot of attempts um, at growth more than actual records that felt natural. Yes. And it's, it, you know, I, I don't want to do the comparison thing, but just as far as the production, the executive production's album, I'm going to compare Good News to Invasion of Privacy. And the reason why is Invasion of Privacy is a master class in producing for an artist who had a certain sound prior to. Listen, I'll take it a step further. I literally tweeted somebody, Cardi is a master class in taking an artist who has a sound and a following, amplifying her voice and not changing a damn thing about it. Right. And 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 this is what I what I feel what I tell people because I had a good conversation with some homegirls of mine. We did a room on Clubhouse about this album in particular, we listened to it and talked about it. And one of the things that I brought up, one of the things that everybody brought up was the people who come in to create this project, right? It's like Quincy Jones going in to make a thriller with Michael Jackson, right? And then bringing all these dope people in or, or Kanye going in to make a, uh, a My Beautiful, you know, Dark Twisted Fantasy and bringing in all these amazing people and then being that person at the head of that project and, and saying this is the cohesive uh, energy of this project and, and you know this is what we're going to do and that's what we're going to do we're going to do this and do that and get it right I just feel like the execution is a little off here yeah uh, I feel like you know you had records like Savage you know which was obviously always going to be on here for the numbers um, you had Girls in the Hood which we already heard and it worked you know but some of these records are just a little awkward and some of these Listen, records are that rock you to sleep record. They need to pull that from all DSPs and act like it never happened. Um, is that that's the one where she's singing? 
So that is work that I believe. No, rock you to sleep. That's what it's called. I don't see that one. It uh, it's after. Oh, don't rock me to sleep. Um, after go. Oh, okay, break. got you, got you. Yeah, I think I thought outside was a little awkward. Outside um, felt forced. And also the sequencing, it just you know, like I'm listening to it, and I'm trying to find like the flow. And I think like that it. when you, when you do a bunch of records. And you sit down and say, these are the records that are going to be my album. And you put together the flow. They should have let a DJ do it and say, all right, cool. This is the sequencing of the record. Because sequencing of records, especially when I'm giving it a one listen, you know, I'm trying to listen to it all the way through, also matters. Now, I might go back and listen to these songs individually and, and say, hey, I like this song as a standalone. It might happen. You know, one of these songs, it's definitely a couple of these joints going to go crazy on TikTok. You know, um Body. Body's already going crazy crazy. She's gonna she's gonna win with some of these records. And I guess that's cool. And, but, I just, but more importantly, Meg's brand is strong enough that she's not the artist where this misstep of a project is going to end her career. No, not at she's all. She's not disappearing behind this record. Well, behind she's, this album. she's got enough on here. Um, I just I feel like there's room for growth there's still. But I, I really hope that creatively, and this is this is my goal for every artist, that creatively these people are equipped because Megan is being thrust into an industry situation. This is not Tina Snow. This is not me and my homies making the type of music I want to make. This is Megan being pushed and pulled in different directions musically. You should make this. You should do this type of record. You should do, yes. You know, this is all of that. She needs to get with somebody who is going to protect her musically. Yes. Somebody who's going to truly understand what her vision is. And it's tough because the only producer, you know, Lil Jew's the producer that she really came in with, right? Mm-hmm. He's not executive producing this stuff. They just giving her one or two tracks, right? They bringing in like the industry people or whatever. But I would love to see somebody like a Pharrell or somebody like an OG producer come in and maintain the integrity of her sound, Right. So yeah. I don't know who that person is, but somebody to come in and be like, you know what? I'm going to oversee what's happening and I'm going to make sure that everything is going right. It says that her A&R direction, you know, she had an a on this project or whatever. I don't know the a but they clearly are not, they're clearly going for streaming numbers. They're clearly trying things. They're trying to see if things stick. Try this style, try that style. But it's not a be. There's no be careful on here. You know what no. I'm saying? There's there, like those records that that break into another genre that that where Meg feels completely, completely comfortable. And I felt like they could have had those. And I feel like Meg is that talented, but she just needs the right people around. Yes, exactly. And that's the thing. Like I think that you know we've had several conversations about um, not giving artists room to grow and things of that nature. None of this felt like her trying to grow. A lot of this felt like people trying to push her into a particular direction. Um, And, you know, like I said, like you said, it's funny that you brought up Invasion of Privacy because that was literally my example. Cardi might be the only time um, where, and Nikki, but the only time where somebody came in the game already loved already had a following had already dropped mixtapes and this that and the third and when it came down when it came time to make the album they kind of pretty much let her do what she does 
And so the records that were on there that didn't necessarily feel like what she'd done before, they didn't feel forced. So I'm I'm just, and, and from reading the credits, I'm just making an observation. And I think that Megan, after it all settles, will look back and make this observation, hopefully sooner than later. There are certain, certain folks involved in certain things on the album where you could tell you need to keep her working with this person more. And one of those people who is probably not being heralded is Bobby Sessions. And he was a co-writer on both Girls in the Hood and on Savage, right? Also, Jay White. Jay White clearly knows how to work with women and make good music that fits who they are, right? Mm -hmm. he's, he's, he's proven that he can do that. And I feel like if you let, and, and they both from Texas. Mm -hmm. Well, Jay, Jay White's originally from Kansas City, but he's been in Texas long enough. So give her folks, give her that core of people who get what she's doing. Give her a little Jew. Let those people be. Give her a little Jew. Untie his hands. Right. Let those. I feel like somebody. I feel like somebody like a Juicy J or somebody you know a, a OG needs to go. I don't think Jew is flexing yet. No, no. I've met Jew. I don't think you know. I don't think he even know how, and that's cool. I've met Jew, um, and we've all heard what Jew's capable of, and we've all heard what the two of them are are capable of together. Right. I think somebody needs to like go in and tell you like, don't hold nothing back. Like, don't let these people intimidate you. Like, no, no. You, you should. First of all, he should be involved in way more of these records because yes. he clearly knows her bop. He clearly knows her range. Um, and it, it's cool, but he should be co-producing with these other folks. You know, Bobby clearly knows how to write her a song, you know, even if it's Derek Milano or whoever. You know, but somebody's got to be at the core. Somebody like she needs her coaching staff. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. She needs that 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 core group of people that are gonna pull these other people together and say, "All right, this is what we doing." Right, exactly. So you know, y'all ain't gonna hear me talk about this album again. Though. I'm gonna do like you. I'm gonna maybe like pepper the songs into like a playlist and see how I feel about them when I when I'm not listening. Or maybe I'll go through and re-resequence them myself and listen to them in the order that feels a little bit better. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of things on this project that I should have been excited about that just didn't work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, did you get a chance to listen to St. John? I did not. I didn't either. I feel bad. I really want to like him. I really want to like him. And you know who else I really, really feel like I should be listening to more? is um toby and guillen yeah yeah no he's dope i i, I just caught his uh his single with um with big crit so we have the single with big crit on our little playlist this week that hopefully mm -hmm. we will actually get around to putting together and sharing with y'all um we will because tomorrow's thanksgiving and i'm not doing anything um and when we played when i played that song i walked away from the computer and right after it came another song that he did with um Olu from Earth Gang and Duckworth. And I was like, why am I not listening to more Toby and Gu and Gwia? I've oh, never listened, I've never heard anything of his that I didn't fuck with. Nah, he's 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 fire. Um and it's not, you know, like he's it's not traditional Houston. He's from Houston. You don't necessarily sound like a Houston artist. Um rap wise I don't really know of anybody that's like on a mainstream level that we could really compare him to 
Um, he's definitely doing his own thing. He has his own sound. He has his own like crew of people that he works with. I think like he works with the same producer on a lot of things. Um, I, I could put him in a pocket. Um, it wouldn't necessarily encompass him, but he's definitely in that childish Gambino. He's got a little of that. He's got a little crit. He's got a little Andre 3000. Like I could see the vein in which he lives, but he's also got some uh, African influence. Uh, he's a good amalgamation of certain types of artists. And I think there's a little Houston in there too. He's, um, I think, what we can look forward to when Black hip-hop artists are allowed to do what a um, g Easy does, for example. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of g Easy records that you will never hear on urban radio. He's still rapping on them. But you would never hear him over here. Um, I think that Toby Nguyen makes the kind of music that's not like it's not just hip hop. Like you can't just really limit it to just that. No, um, no, no. And so you know, I'm excited for that. Love the love new it. joint, the new joint with Crit, definitely. I mean, if you can imagine, if you're familiar with Toby, and if you're familiar with Toby, obviously you know Crit. I I think that that's a Venn diagram. I also love his familial vibe. And the fact that him and his wife, um, she's in a lot of his videos. The no, cover fact is all the videos. Right. And Every that's like, point. that's fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real team effort. You know what I mean? Um, so this new record is called Bozos. They dropped a video for it. It's really, really dope. Um, it's really cool because I think it, it has this energy, this vibe to it that can be a lot, that can be intimidating to people a lot of times, but they do it in a much more comfortable, you know, round away kind of way. It reminds me of the West End of Atlanta. Ooh, it's very um, unpretentious. Um, and that's put out a Christmas album. No, oh God. Um, yeah, Adrienne said Fat Raps, which she does. She dropped a record recently also that was really dope. Uh, but anyway, they did a vid- in the video, there's a, um, there's a little bit of choreography that I really want to ask somebody how long it took for them girls to get the arms together. Because <laughs> that shit, I might have to practice. Um, and shout out to like choreography that makes me want to go practice again. And bring me back to them Michael Jackson uh, video releases. Um, what else are we listening to this week? Listen, when Jasmine Sullivan comes back and gives y'all this album, Ooh. if y'all don't give that girl all of the things, I mean, all of the things. She just dropped a new single. It's called Pick Up Your Feelings. The way people were talking about that single last last Friday, Saturday, when it dropped, I thought she had dropped the whole album. That's how much I saw her name on my timeline. Man, listen. Jasmine might be the best voice we got out here. Amazing. Oh no, I'm just trying not to be biased because I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. But that girl is that what she's from? Oh yeah. She's a John. She's a John. That girl could blow. Well, come on. You heard her bust out your windows, you know that. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that's why you know, you know, the, the crazy part about women from Philly, even when they sophisticated, they just got their hood shit with them. And her and Jill are the perfect example. Yeah, makes sense now when you put her with Joe. Um, Joy was produced by 
Diesel, is that how we're saying it? Diesel. And co-written by Nova Wave. Shout to them. They uh, are absolutely killing it out here. And uh, it's amazing. It's amazing. I feel like Jasmine Sullivan sat back somewhere or finally came to that point that a lot of us women come to where you're very, very clear about who you are and you're very, very clear about, no, nah, I'm not doing that shit. And I think that that's going to give us the best Jasmine Sullivan era of music. I don't know how she felt about her first project, um, but you could tell that there was some some shyness to it, some not necessarily wanting to be out in front of the public, that kind of stuff. I think that when we get this new Jasmine Sullivan album, there's going to be a whole different energy behind it, and I'm ready for it. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Um, so this Absolutely. is the second single that she's given us this this fall, but she hasn't announced the project yet. I feel like I've been sniffing in y'all's ear all night, and if I am, I'm sorry. I haven't heard it once. Okay, good. Because it just feels like it's super loud on my end. <laughs> well, it is going on in your own head, so. <laughs> in my own head. Um, earlier, you were talking about how Gucci um, evolved as a rapper. And you sent me a Chief Keef and uh, Mike Will Made It record. I did. And from afar, I was like, oh, look at that. Chief Keef's not trash anymore. Um, it's called Status. And then I started to almost halfway hone into it. And I was like, sis, don't do this. I'm from the South and I understand that sometimes shit just need to be a vibe. <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck he's saying. I really don't. <laughs> That's how y'all managed to get Molly Percocet and Throat Baby on the radio. Oh, baby. <laughs> Yo, I want when... um. When Ron Browse finally comes out and drops the bombshell that all of those records were a joke, I want the guy behind Throw Baby to come and say the same thing. <laughs> it feels like the song from 40-year-old version where, you know, like, whole girl wrote the song that was supposed to be a joke, but it worked. That's what Throw Baby feels like. But uh, anyway. You ain't never going to have another hit song. But he that, might. If he, he can, might. that'd be amazing. But, man. Enjoy your run, young man. Enjoy your run. I managed not to hear that song until the other day. He don't have one other song out, period, at all. Nothing. At all. And not my homegirl pointed song. out that we should be having a conversation about the fact that, like, y'all are, like, they're really on the record saying that they don't need, like, actual sex because the head game is that nice and nobody feels like that. Does anybody actually feel like that? You're a man. Some, we don't know. Oh, I, do men feel like that? Yes. Nah, I don't. But you know, guys, I need y'all to let me know respectfully. I mean, you know, if, be we, if this is going to turn into a late night conversation, I'm just going to say, you know, it, it's got to be something special. But I mean, for you to just like really be like, yeah, I'll never need that other part of it ever again. Like, let's just stick with this. Hey, listen, some 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 people say they're that good, and I didn't leave it to women because you know it's an equal opportunity show. But you know, some folks say that their their head game is that amazing. I haven't encountered it, but you know, everything ain't for everybody. So yeah, Chief Keith and uh, Michael made it got this record called Status, because that's really what we were talking about. Um, 
Pro Baby. Chief Keith is good with this, though. Chief Keith is really good with giving you a record that's going to be a moment um, that may not ever inspire you to go and uh, seek out another Chief Keith record. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with the fact that on the Zoom screen right now, my nose looks like Humpty Hump. Like, my nose is a different color. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Uh, but yeah, I don't know that I'm going to go look and see what else um, uh, that child has been up to. Well, I, it, apparently, they're thinking about doing a collaborative uh, album. So we might get a Chief Keith Michael album. I wouldn't be mad at it. I wonder how the rest of the kids on uh, ear, ear, ear Drummers feel. Because I mean, like seven unreleased artists on Ear Drummers. Oh, I didn't know he had artists. I know. Oh, no, he has mad artists. Uh, I just he has a guy named Ears. Which I thought was really funny. Ray Strummer his ear drummers backwards. And then he had another guy named Ears. Um, and I feel like they signed, didn't they sign um one of the duct tape guys? Didn't they sign what's his name? Trouble. Mm. I'll say. But he actually pro- dropped a project with Mike Will, or executive produced by Mike Will, I think last year. Um it's interesting. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll ask Mike Will on Clubhouse. You do that. Um, Mike Will is great on Clubhouse. Absolutely, actually, I I enjoy his point of view and the way he fights for producers and his just down home. Like he has the right energy when it comes to talking to creatives about how to get to his point. Definitely, shout out to that guy. Um, Corday dropped the project called The Parables. Produced by Cardiac. Thanks, Atlantic Records. I wouldn't have fucking known that if I didn't know Cardiac. I'm so sick of the niggas, bro. So sick of Atlantic Records. Why? Why can't y'all release the goddamn credits? Why can't y'all get the credits right before y'all put these albums up? I don't want them a week later. I don't want them two weeks later. I don't want them three months later. Fill the damn forms out. All they need to do is hire one nigga and make that their job. Make sure you go get the credits because they exist. Y'all put them up three three years late. Drop them with the damn song so we can celebrate everybody. Whether it's right or wrong, at least we're getting to a point now where you're seeing the artists do it. Um, and the artists make a point of doing it. And so hopefully that'll drive the... Well, the, but also the, the artists the expect direction. their label to do the right. I mean, they the artists turn it in in a lot of a lot of cases, mm. and the label just don't do it right. It's weird. It's so weird. We all we all put it through distribution. That's when you also give them the producer, like my nigga, give them the producer, the engineer, to call it a day. Like it's not hard. It's really not hard. It's weird. It's it's and it's always Atlantic. Every time it's a release from Atlantic, you know the credits ain't gonna be there. That's you funny. know it, but you know every other label, them shits is gonna be there. Um. Well, I feel like Corday is another one of those people where, like, people know he's nice, but people are not necessarily listening to him. Does that make sense? New people are not listening to him. Yeah, I think I think he's got like, I think he's Girl. got like a built-in group of folks who really, really, really rock rock with him. Um, because he's not. Davies, you know, 
Yo, we can't go one episode without Davies Slammer. Poor Davies, man. I'm sorry, I'm trying to manage just become, the things that every outside needs to be investigated. Uh, Davies be coming for people, so we come for him. Um, well, I'm wrong. Corday has 5 million people listening to him monthly on uh, Spotify alone, so. Yeah, and he's, you know, Parables came out uh, day, a day and a half amazing, ago. Amazing, amazing record. I just want to say that again. Video dropped it a day and a half ago. He's got 300,000 views on it, you know, like. Um, I think it's because it's one of those records where, like, you put it on probably expecting something. And then you might catch, you know, because he's he's one of those artists that's just really, he's very good at what he does. Like, he's very good at crafting songs. So you can, li- he's, he's one of those people where you can listen to it without necessarily paying attention. But there's a couple of lines that are really going to pull you in on this record. And then now you got to go back and listen to it again. Facts. Um, by comparison, by the way, Davies has 1.5 million listeners. Monthly. So, you know, it's not, it's not shabby. It's not bad. Does it's great. Huh? <laughs> it does he. I mean, that's what the numbers say. Shout out to the third shift workers at Amazon. Wow. Um, Bia. Woo. I was to start paying attention to her, too. My I mean, favorite I'm about record. to update my, um, my Bofum playlist, and she's going to be at the top. My favorite record that dropped this week. It's Easily. called Skate. Um, the video is pretty dope. She said, "I like walk." She said, "I like long walks to the bank with my nigga." Hey, mm-hmm. I'm here for it. And that's what I like about Bia. Like, I think Bia talks shit without trying to sound tough. Nah, she got she. You know, she she speaks with purpose. Yeah, like, but I, but you know, it's not um, it's not that Roman voice. Not to say that Nikki's ever not done the Roman voice. I think a lot of women, I like a, a lot of female artists, um, maybe not a lot, I can't say a lot, but there's definitely that that kind of that vein of of women who utilize their voice to kind of give a certain amount of weight to their bars. She doesn't do that. Like she's just like, here it is. I just don't know why she don't have more everything. Like because the rap world is just starting to believe that women rappers can be a thing. Here's the thing. Listen, right? just, until just... two years ago, niggas was still having that conversation with me about how it's too hard. They cost too much money. They're hard to manage. They don't sell records. They're difficult to... But two B years is, ago, they were still B saying has been out for a minute. And I mean, like, I don't know if it's in, you know, once again, I don't know what their plan is. You know, I... We had some conversations with her management a while ago. I believe um, she's managed by the same person who managed uh, Chad Hugo. Um, Bia is an incredible rapper. Yes. She makes palatable music. She makes music melodically um, that's on point with anything that's coming out from anybody right now. And she's bad as Oh. And she's making music that's a little bit less vulgar than a lot of her contemporaries. Right. Um, which I clearly have no problem with vulgarity, but some people do. Right. I, or I just, actually, let me take that back because I can't say I don't, I mean, I don't have a problem with it, but I know that um, what's their name? City Girls got a song called Pussy Talk. Yes. 
couldn't get through the hook. I want to keep hearing that, like me personally. Um, and, and this is no knock because again, like I told y'all, I made a playlist called both of them. Like I'll listen to pretty much some of everything. Um, you know, I grew up on Fox and Kim and, and Trina and also Eve um, and never felt the need to compare them and rate one above the at other. All. Yeah. So I'm not saying that at all, but I do think that it does matter that you can have a Bia who fits right in between, you know, the, the more raunchier shit and, you know, the complete opposite end of the spectrum of that. I just, I, I guess they're trying to figure out how to market her or yes. I, don't, I don't know, because I just, I, I'm just like, I just feel That's exactly like what it is. She's got 54,000 followers on Twitter. I'm not sure what her Instagram is doing. Um, probably more because she's a, you know, she's visually nice to look at. Um, I just, I don't know what the strategy is for the squad, the marketing team, like, you know, somebody, She's got 783,000. Yeah, I was just about to say that. Um, um, well, she just, she was signed to, um, she was signed to RCA and then now it's signed to Epic. I think Epic is a good place for her to be. I think Epic has proven the ability to get behind an artist and really make a niche artist into a mainstream artist. Um, I'm trying to think of who they've done that with that's a woman. And right now I'm drawing a blank. Um, but, you know, I think that's a good place for her to be. I hope so. I hope so. so the new um, joint of Skate is fucking awesome. Yeah, I just, you know, I hate to see artists that are dope. Because she's been out here for a while uh, working. And I just hate to see artists that are that dope not really get Because I don't see her getting the getting the the, the airtime you know what i'm saying i don't see like her in these different spaces where she'd be visible um it's it's weird to me you know especially when you sign to a major right so like they you know yo if, you, if if you've given up your uh your copyrights they should be giving you some shit in return you know um they got camilla cabello over there Right, they don't have any any rappers. Normani's over there. Um, wait, was Camille Cabello part of Fifth Harmony too? She was, yeah. Okay, so that they're both over there. Cody Shane's um, over there. They they fumbling her with her life. That might be a Cody thing specifically, though. I've it, heard. Yeah, it, it it possibly is, but ultimately, it's up to the label to get the most out of the artist. And they're not but, look, really, but they've also got, you know, they've got Travis Scott, they've got 21 Savage, they've got Future. But um, those people are self-contained units. Let's just be honest. Yeah, but, you know, this is what I'm saying. Like, Future kind of came there, Gotti, like, they blew up Gotti. Gotti came there kind of with a wave, but it wasn't like this. It wasn't I, like this. I don't know if Gotti's blown up. I think he's had singles that blown I, up. I mean, he's I, I feel like, compared to where he was at five years ago. But I, I, feel like, I, I, I feel like the strip club blew Gotti up more than a label did. Well, I believe in, you know, the marketing team at, at, uh, at Epic. So I, I'd like to see. I don't know how long she's been over there. I don't know how new that is. Um, I'd like to see what they're doing with her. I mean, shit, we're talking about her. 
And we ain't been talking about her before now. Well, you know, we just talking about her because I'm just, I'm a, like, I've been, because the of that. Inter- when did the Rust record come out? But because of that. that was inter- the beginning of this year, right? Because of my interaction with her and her team years ago, I keep an eye out for her. It's uh-huh. very much the same, you know, with me and I'd say, um, what's, what's our favorite rapper? Um, with our guap dad. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't know if you were being serious or sarcastic. I didn't know if we were going to mention Davies and the other guy. In the no, 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 not at all. Um, you know, but these are artists who we know are dope. And it's just like, we know it could go either way, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, Wap Dad is not, he's not blown the way he he probably should. And the way he probably might, but it's his own. It, Wap Dad's got the personality. He'd be out here in the streets, for real. Yes. You know what I'm saying? So ultimately, he's 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 his own best asset. You know what I'm saying? Personality-wise. I'm just wondering, like, you know, I don't know Bia's personality um, as far as her interaction with fans and things like that. Uh, so that's what I'm curious, too. And I'm wondering how her label is going to amplify that. Because, you know, that's, that's what matters, ultimately. That is definitely valid. Um, when did that record with Russ come out? Was that this year or last year? I think it was this year. You know, the longest year ever. Um, the longest it, fucking bro. It was actually one year ago. Now it says 2020. Wait, which one? We talking about Best on Earth? Best on Earth. Oh, no, you're right. November 29th, 2019. Yep, one year ago. So. So, um, or October yeah. 17th, 2019, excuse me. It was on his album, Shake the Globe. Which was Russ's 14th studio album? Okay. <laughs> Russ is another conundrum wrapped in an enigma that I will never seek to understand. Yeah, I'm, I'm good on that. Um, oh, we were supposed to listen to his project. Nah. Let's talk about it real, real, real quick before we go. The reason why I said we had to listen to Russ's project, Russ just dropped a new EP um, on Friday. And because Russ, I feel like on the inside is the embodiment of uh, the mad rapper. And I just really feel like he's screaming in a corner somewhere saying, you gave him my, my shit. You gave him son of the fucking projects. Um, and my shit is more John Blaze than that. He dropped an EP called Chomp featuring King Crooked, Absol, DJ Premier, Busta Rhymes, and then got a song with Benny the Butcher and Black Thought on it. Like he says, y'all won't listen to me, goddammit. Y'all gonna pay attention. That's not enough for you? Nah. And shout out to all those guys. Not enough for me. Shout out to those guys. I listen to Russ by mistake. (laughs) Sorry. You know, I'm not listening to Russ intentionally. Um, That is not nice. And Skate only has 137,000 views. And it came out on the 19th. It should be doing better. If that's it was, yeah. Like you said, conversations we should be having. Anyway, uh, what are you eating this weekend? Uh, seafood Tomorrow. stuffing. Huh? Seafood stuffing. It's a familiar favorite. Cut me a little um, corner, thanks. Definitely um, going to be some... Even some we're outside. Definitely going to be some grilled uh, salmon involved. Um, maybe a little vegan... Mac and cheese. Uh, we got some pies on deck, you know, some greens, some rice. Uh, you know, we try to keep it a little light, er, 
definitely going to be some salads, though, some potato salads and things of that nature, you know, little devil A's popping. Um, yeah, you know, I'm excited because uh, about to go down to the kitchen and see what's going on. You know, we we, we get uh, we get Thanksgiving dinner started early. Definitely shout to King Hawaiian, you know, going to have a brown and serve rolls on deck, <laughs> you know. Um, I am about to go to my sister's house and make kumas. Hey. Because it's that time of year. Uh, and if you know, you know, holla at me. Um, I need, and, I need to find, I need to find the vegan equivalent. I make the vegan equivalent. What are you talking about? I've been making a vegan equivalent for two years. Really? I dairy, yes. I make a dairy free kumas. Why didn't you tell me that? I did told you that. I don't know why Do you, you didn't know that's why I didn't drink any in Miami. No, well, I mean, I didn't make any in Miami, but I could, I could, I make it. I make a vegan one. I got you. Um, I just need to find some more people because I don't want to make it, make a whole bunch in. Uh, nah, I'll listen. I'm, I'm gonna come. I'll listen. I'll come get it. Uh, but yeah, I make a, I make a, I make a dairy free one. We can trade off. It's really you good. Need, I make a dairy free one, and it's good enough that I gave it to like my dad and my aunt, and they were like, "Oh, this is good." Yeah, I mean, so, you know, you know. it's really it's really not that hard a lot of times, especially because, you know, certain things like coconut milk is amazing, especially the unsweetened one. Right. You can do a lot so, of cool. So, yeah, I'm about to go make that, and I'm making some cheesecakes with that. Um, you know, holiday season is when I bake. I get very excited about it. I found a recipe for a, a Snickers um, pound cake that I'm about to go make. Yo, you remember marble cake? Yes. Um, and I've made I made one a couple years ago. Uh, I, I no, I made a marble cheesecake. Um, a chocolate and pumpkin marble cheesecake, I think I did. And I just found like some random shit. I found like a sweet potato cornbread recipe with a bourbon peach butter. Wow. It sounded like some shit that I need to have because my diet starts on Friday. And so <laughs> all the things tomorrow. So that's what I'm about to go do. Make drinks that I'm slinging around Atlanta. You know how to find me, find me. I will slang some to you. And uh, feed this little puppy before I go. And uh, that's it. Y'all, please, like, you know, I don't think we need to tell y'all. I got an alert on my phone. I went to cuss at my phone. Um, it was a, you know, like a emergency alert, kind of like when you get the Amber Alerts. Mm -hmm. um and it said you know like Fulton Board of Health stay at home this Thanksgiving and stay safe from COVID blah blah, blah. but y'all not making no laws though y'all not shutting down no restaurants or bars and none of that other shit um nobody's enforcing their mask mandates or whatever so you know when I got that that text I really wanted to cut somebody out but that's what I'll be doing y'all stay safe out there man COVID is is at an all-time high you know, Everywhere. buckle down. Let's get through it because uh, the Calvary's coming, but uh, we just need to make it through um, just a little bit longer. Yeah, I really can't do another year like this. We don't have to. Okay. We got That's we got it. like we got like six vaccines approved now. Um, no, just, but on the low, I'll say this, and then we can wrap it up. Um, yeah, you know, them rushing the vaccines has been my biggest fear this whole time. Like, and I'm not an anti-vaxxer by far. I'm from a third world country. I'm fully inoculated. I'm a vaccines fan. I'm a fan. Um, that's why, like, our parents' whole generation has that same mark on their arm. 
from the polio vaccine, none of us have it because no. vaccines actually work. I've just been scared of them, you know, rushing through the shit because every zombie apocalypse movie that I've ever seen started with a vaccine gone wrong. So, oh, when and I, I'm not in shape to outrun the zombies, y'all. Like they're gonna get me. So I'm, I'm not. So I feel like these vaccines all went through proper trials. Um, okay. They have proper documentation. I'm okay. really thankful. Yes. I was on my guy Lupe Fiasco had a room yesterday, a couple of days ago actually. And it was about the Tuskegee experiments and how black people um, pass down myths about them. We, we share lies um, because this is what we are taught or what we heard or, you know, urban legends or whatever. One of the big things is we talk about the fact that the Tuskegee, most people think that the Tuskegee experiment was a situation in which black people were given um, syphilis. And that's right. the furthest thing from the truth. What actually happened was they went to a town that had the highest concentration of it already and then did not treat the people. So yes, we should be outraged, but understand the actual facts of what happened. I think we passed down a lot of oral traditions of outrage and half the time we don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. Um, I'm not taking no vaccine, so I see some other folks take it, but we have more than enough to try to, to, to go from. And this is not just an American thing, it's a global scale. So right. don't just look at what's happening in America. You can look at what's happening in other countries. Some of these vaccines are combinations of work that happen with German companies and you know other companies outside the United States. So we just gotta be careful of the conversation that we carry in the public in America because niggas are less, they're less into looking up the facts than I am. So that's why me as a person who thinks that the facts are important, I make sure that when I speak, I know what the fuck I'm talking about, or I can at least pull up some resources to help you get more context on the conversation. Because a lot of niggas out here talking about this vaccine shit and folks is gonna die because y'all goofy ass is not gonna take a vaccine. You've been taking vaccines your whole fucking life. Oh no, let's be clear. Like I said, I got a flu shot this year for the first time like in a very, very long time. And my not getting it prior to now was not necessarily because of any kind of strong held belief. It was just because I, you know, have had a very, very long, strong run with not getting the flu. And so I was just like, well, shit, let me not, you know what I'm saying? Like, obviously I'm cool. Um, but like, I believe in vaccines. Like, I want to be clear that like, when I said, when I said what I said, it was halfway in jest because you know, this shit is a lot. Um, this shit has been a lot. It's been a lot for a very long time. A lot of, you know, I just found out the other day that a friend of mine actually had COVID um, back in like maybe April and is still having, you know, side effects, um, still waking up, like not able to move. There's like a whole, um, a whole department at, uh, I forget which hospital in New York, where they're really studying that. Like there are so many people out there, you guys, that are our age and most of them are around like in their late thirties, early forties, who are fully healthy, who got COVID, didn't really have like super severe symptoms, were never intubated or on a ventilator or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And they're having like the craziest um, after effects. And a lot of them are being misdiagnosed as anxiety attacks or, you know, like some kind of neurotic situation where they just really don't know what's happening with their bodies trust and believe like i will 100 be right there in line for that second round of vaccines mm. 
but you know, my irrational fear, you know how we all have like irrational fears out there? My irrational fear while y'all was running up buying all the toilet paper was that the first vaccine is going to turn niggas into, into damn zombies. And I'm not prepared. They going to get me. I'm going to be a zombie. I just uh-huh. let y'all know. If zombie apocalypse break out, unless y'all give me the high ground early, I'm a goner. I'm not going to make it. And Kiko not did offend me. She wants to be friends with everybody. We'll both be zombies. Also, the um, the shit that they gave Trump so that his ass ain't die uh, is also approved and they're they're not charging people for it. So I think ultimately I just don't want this to turn into the class wars when we figure out because the big question is who gets it first? You know, give it to the essential workers. Um, and then from there we'll we'll figure it out. But I just want folks to buckle down. Let's just get through these next, if it's a month or two months, we done been in quarantine this fucking long, my guys and girls. Um, we can chill and uh and see this out and get back to regular life. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what we all want. We want to get back to regular life. So it'll happen. It's coming. Like, just don't be the dickhead who dies right before we get there. Sorry, that wasn't something to laugh at, but it kind of was. Anyway, um, this is the Chopping Block Podcast. We talk about music and things um, from the perspective of people who know what the fuck they're talking about most of the time. Um, and as always, he is at Cedric215 on your social media platforms. And also on Clubhouse. And uh, she is at St. Boogie, coming soon on Clubhouse. I mean, y'all just, I don't know. I don't know how. Look, let me show y'all something. You elitist fucks. You see what this is? This is an old, this is my Galaxy S7 or 8. I don't even remember which number it is. Um, it still works. Uh, there are times where like I need to whatever like my phone dies and I need to control my TV who lost its remote two months after I bought the TV mm-hmm. I just cut this on and use the Roku app on here one of y'all niggas got an iPhone sitting goddamn it like your three-year-old doesn't need to play with it let me rock <laughs> there you go I'm, yeah. let me rock somebody get me out of here Anyway, um, and the show is at the Chop Block Pod on Twitter, at Chop Block Pod on Instagram and Twitch. Um, we had a, I fucked around and got on um, DJ Wally Sparks and DJ Green Lantern's Twitch pages uh, over the weekend. Um, Green Lantern does a skate party on Saturdays, which is really Word. fun. And uh, Wally did an Atlanta party after Versus on Thursday, which was amazing. Y'all know Wally's low-key my favorite DJ to party with. Heike. Um, and like, I did not know or understand this whole ecosystem that's happening over there on Twitch. I feel like we need to spend a little bit more time on our Twitch and cultivate some of these shits and, you know, make some, what are those things called? The, the emoji type things that people can buy. Oh, emotes. Yeah. We need to make some emotes and all that fun stuff. Anyway, um, we'll be back next week. Y'all be safe. Enjoy your family. Enjoy your whatever you call that. Whatever you call it. Um, And like, hey guys, in a year filled with so much strife and bullshit, let people dedicate a day to fucking gratitude the dog. Like none of us give a fuck about the Mayflower at this point. It has nothing to do with that for me. I don't know about (laughs) you. But it has nothing to do with that for me. Like, there's not a moment at my house where we all sit there and recount the days of the first day. Nobody gives a fuck. But 
you know, I do think gratitude is important. I do think that like we should all, you know, be allowed to have a moment where we're being grateful for things. Okay. And shout out to uh, Oh, That's Filthy, my guys. Who? Oh, That's Filthy. Oh, yeah, because you got a package. I saw that. Nobody sends me anything. Um, hey, DJ Khaled is saying that the third installment of Lil Wayne's No Ceiling Mixtapes. We don't give a fuck. Break is coming. I'm not listening to that shit. That's trending. Somebody gives a fuck. Let Trump live, listen to it. Fuck Lil Wayne and his fucking music. On that note... Y'all be safe. Wash your fucking hands. Don't be a racist. Don't be a racist. Wash your hands. <laughs>